Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Gateway brought to you by the Northern Illinois University College of Business where your future is without boundaries and our approach is to. I am joined as always with my incredible co-host Dr. Biagio Palese. Hello Biagio! Ciao a tutti! Welcome, welcome to another great episode. For today's episode... Feeling the flow, the Gateway is proud to welcome Chandler. Chandler is best known for his viral smasher Hot Pocket, a collaboration with critically acclaimed producer Maddie Beats and his consistent tracks with Fella Air. Originally from Newport News, Virginia, he grew up on the likes of Pharrell Williams, Timberland, Missy Elliott, and more. This garnered a love for the wide variety of subgenres within rap and hip-hop. He began writing lyrics at the age of nine and never put the pen down. He stopped putting out his own solo work publicly in 2014 to pursue an education at VCU and a career as a rock band's drummer. During his time in that role, he played on bills that featured acts like Dram, Dirty Heads, The Knox, and Biz Marquee. That band has been mentioned in the Huffington Post and the Chicago Tribune. In 2018, Chandler left the group and relocated to take on New York City and the entertainment industry. After appearing in theater productions in Manhattan and Brooklyn through early 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic acted as a reason for Chandler to make a public return to his most beloved art form. So, in 2021, he did. In 2022, with songs like Mr. and Double Goose, Chandler created a following that showed him support he had yet to see. In 2023, Chandler continues to sharpen his pen by starting the year off with Stafford Beats produced new song mix one, Sorry I Don't Know the Name. Chandler, welcome to the Gateway. Thanks so much for being here today. Hello, hello, hello. So, my man, um, I am very interested in talking to you because I, I, I came across your stuff on TikTok, on social media, all, all of your, your, your songs, your, your flow, your sound, all of that stuff. It's been all over my stuff and I've been following you and absolutely loving it. But before you got there, I, 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 how'd you end up where you are? Like, what was the beginning like for you? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, interesting interesting um kind of cycle that i have gone through um so i'm born and raised virginia i grew up in the 757 which is down by the beach um newport news hampton roads virginia beach uh norfolk like all of that stuff and um, that area is filled with I, I don't know you all's familiarity i know you you're you're in illinois but um the the scene there um is very big very vibrant uh, as far as just um 
arts and culture, music in particular, it's where Pharrell, Pusha T, Missy Elliott, um, the Pusha T extension clips, Shelly, formerly known as Dram, like all of these people are from there. So, uh, you know, I went to public school, I rode the bus, I did, you know, the, the very typical, like, growing up down there, but that's what people that's what people listened to. Uh, it's a lot of what people listen to. And it had a big influence on me uh, as a, as a kid. And when I was in the, I was down there in Hampton in the fourth grade. Uh, and this is, it kind of started like, I didn't get, so I didn't go to the same school from the third to the ninth grade. I switched schools every year. Wow. And uh, in the fourth grade, that was the first switch I made. Um, and I went to a magnet school, uh, like a literary arts magnet school in, uh, in Hampton. And there you had to, um, you had to audition for enrichment choir and you had to take a test for like enrichment visual art. And if you got in one, you had to do it <laughs> there was like that was part of the curriculum there was no like you know oh the teacher wants you to be in it and you're like fuck that I don't want to do that it's like no if they say that they want you in then you have to do it so um I ended up doing enrichment choir and that sounds very funny to come from that being my real first musical experience is me like literally fourth grade and enrichment show choir um but what it did was kind of pulled the musical bone that I think my family probably recognized from a young age was, was in me, but the kind of music uh, that I listened to was rap and hip hop and R and B more than anything else. And I mean, I, I love all genres of music, but because of where I grew up and the people that are from there and what kids listen to on the bus and, and what my parents, my mother in particular listened to just, it was just in me, I think, in that fourth grade experience kind of pulled it out of me. And um, and it just kind of fucking spiraled from there, man, to be honest. Like I uh, I ended up I got really into theater because it was show choir. Right. So I got really right. into theater, really into theater, really into acting. That's what I went to school for. I went all through. Um, it's a good way to make friends because I didn't go to the same school for so many years in a row but um I got super into that and did that all through middle school all through high school ended up going to college for acting in in Richmond Virginia in the city and um and then you know that pushed me to to New York so uh I was I was I mean it's it's been a long road to get to where the music is now but really this i mean i started this rap shit back in i mean it's third third fourth grade really see Chandler, that that's absolutely amazing to me especially when the the path where you are right now i can easily see that you know what i mean like i i can see that hey this this fourth grader inquire the this this kid going through middle school and high school doing acting all that stuff i 
in those moments and where you're at right now, it might not translate that well, but like, I can identify that you, you have a presence, you have a sound, you have a mix that um, I, I don't think many artists have been able to even come close to, or, or kind of even replicate. But basically what I'm trying to say is you have a different sound and I, I'm, I'm very impressed by that. And I think it's an interesting one. Uh, when, when we're talking about your sound, when we're talking about like the the creative background to you, how did you how did you find that voice, or are you still looking for that voice? Yeah, um, well, you know, it was a uh, I. It's tough because I I I when I get excited, I'm very like I talk with my hands. I'm very like, uh, uh, just showy. Everything is when I tell a story, it's, I'm very big. It's a whole, it's a whole fucking production. Like if you could (laughs) see me right now, I'm look like a fucking octopus. Um, (laughs) but, uh, so the voice is certainly an extension of just my, my talking voice. Number one, I, I have a very, uh people have told me that i have a very monotone <laughs> uh just this this laid laid back um how it how it is when i'm just talking conversationally and it and it really goes can be anywhere super low super high through all over the place when i get into telling a story and somebody gets me excited i sound i can sound like whatever and i kind of feel like that translated into the music eventually because what I did when I first started actually putting out my own rap music in high school, I really um, felt like I had something to prove. And in having something to prove, I rapped fast. I rapped high. You know, you get like, you you think like, right. I have these bars, I got to be like, you know and do this whole like do this whole thing and get really excited and have this you know and it made me have this high voice and everything and when I and I've heard a lot of artists talk about especially in rap music just just go in and talk just go in and talk and say what you have to say and that changed everything uh for me and I can't even remember who I heard I've heard many people say it um like just talk but but there's somebody and i can't remember who it is some artist uh said that 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 changed everything for them and they said it in a specific kind of way and it like clicked for me too and then the next time i was working on music i was like let me just try to not not (laughs) like put on a voice at all and that's and that's when I made this song manifestation. And from there, I kind of learned to juggle between the the acting perform more performative side and easily able to like tap back into me and just my normal talking voice when it needs to be that way. You know, I mean, some some lyrics are highlighted better in a more exciting performative Mm -hmm. kind of tone and and some lyrics you know when you're talking when you're dunking on 
you know, somebody's family member, it's like, maybe I just want to say it, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> and it, it, and it puts more power and, and punch behind it. I, I've always, yeah, I've always found that the, that the, the bars that are digging at somebody are, are always better said nonchalantly. And, and the, the bars that you would think should be nonchalant are the ones that need the performance behind them. Right. And I think you, you've, shown a masterclass of, of doing that. And I think that's where a lot of people connected with it, um, especially in, in Hot Pockets and, and, and the, the ones that, that went viral for you because it just, it just sounded so different and every single jab was, was, was sharp, but like you were just tossing it out there like you're walking down the street and, and it, it's still to this day one, one of the, the best groups of bars I, I, I've heard to do something in a completely different way that I hadn't heard before. So um, while we're, we're pivoting out of that stuff, what was that experience like for you? So you, you toss out a, a, a TikTok, you, you kind of exploring that one, and then it goes viral. Where, where are you at? Like, what, what's the the amount of views on one of your larger videos? I mean, I, I think it was 500. I, I'm not even going to toss out a number. You probably have a better one. So when it, so it's, it, you know, it's funny. I, I, I hesitated, like I think many artists, um, do to get on TikTok and and fall victim to you know this new world that we live in <laughs> um and i was very very trepidatious to do that and i and i already struggle with the anxiety surrounding coming off as uh corny anyways wow. and and i was so concerned that if i got in and started becoming the quote-unquote TikTok rapper that i would only ever be viewed as uh, corny mm, and okay. that was uh that was a hard thing to overcome so when I first got on TikTok I didn't promote my music um very much at all and I did not go viral the first time and and build my initial uh base my my initial base that grew to like 40 50,000 before uh, followers I mean before uh before I ever started promoting my music. And um, that stemmed from two things. I made a lot of um, political uh, commentary content mm -hmm. uh, and dunking on who, uh, in my view, were bigots that were coming for me for my beliefs and kind of dunking on them. And, uh, hopefully you know based in uh in good intentions <laughs> but um and then i danced a lot i did a lot of dancing like literally like doing tiktok dances nice. <laughs> um, which sounds hilarious i mean it just you know it all it's it all sounds hilarious but you got to remember i come from a show choir theater background so that was really my initial you know thought process was like okay well let me just go in here and do the jarring uh, do the jarring commentary. And then, and then it devolved into me, like mixing those two things together where I would be standing in front of a, a comment that somebody had put on a post of mine that I didn't agree with. And then I would dance, you know, to some viral TikTok song. And when the bass would drop, I'd point and my response to that you know, comment would, would be there. And it, and it, and I kind of mixed those two things together and that, and that just started 
rolling. And then December of 2020, I did one about a comment that Mike Pence made and it did like 1.1 million. And, uh, and then that that's, that's what started the ball rolling. And then I had a couple other do, you know, hundreds of thousands and one, I think one other do a million before at 11 fucking 45 at night, one night I (laughs) sat up in my bed after seeing Maddie beats post a, a really good fucking instrumental. And I was like, you know what? Like I've been meaning to try to convert some of these followers into my original music. I'm going to start taking the duets more seriously. And I just went through my phone and looked back at old lyrics and I saw cheese in my jeans as a hot pocket. And I was like, ah, I'll do, you know, whatever this, this lines up with the, with the instrumental that Maddie posted. I like the beat. It's 1145 at night. I did it probably woke up my roommates at the time. And, uh, and I fucking turned my, turned my sound off and I went to sleep. And when I woke up, there was 300,000, uh, views. And I was like, wow. And by the end of the day, there was a million. And and by the next day there was 2.5 and it just went and went and went. And it got up to, I mean, you know, it's a, almost a year and a half later now, but I think by the end of it, it was up above 4.5 million. Wow. That's, um, a, that's incredible. Yeah. And it, so that's, that's kind of how it, that's kind of how it happened. And it's, you know, me and my buddies, all, the, the ones that I make music with, we always joke and say, if I had known this whole time that all I had to say was cheese in my jeans, that's a hot pocket to get people to pay attention i would have done it a long fucking (laughs) because i've been making music at that point for you know over a decade publicly and then you know that and that's that's the funny it's it's the it's the funny ridiculous thing about tiktok and it's also the beauty of it is that if it's taught me anything it's taught me that you nobody knows anything there's no fucking, there's no fucking telling. Um, and yeah, I mean, and, and, and I learned so much from the month. I mean, it totally changed my life in like every way, <laughs> shape and form. I had never, I, there had never been any real monetary value to my music. I had never talked to so many of the, the, <laughs> the kinds of people that I was talking to just so much like so much intel so much industry knowledge that I gained in in the latter half of 2021 post that video happening um and it just has shaped the music that has come out over the last year which I think is a million and 10 times better than Hot Pocket. I never thought in a million years that was going to happen. <laughs> you know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't intend it to be a real song. There's a reason that those, you know, there's a reason those lyrics were sitting in my notepad and were right. months and months old because I was like, like, I didn't, you know, I was like, this, that's nothing. That's not, doesn't sound like anything. And then to find that, you know, millions of people think it is, you're like, well, fuck, what do I know? time to put it out time to put it out i guess time to put everything time to put everything on the table and i fucking just have emptied out my fucking notepad over the last year so 
that's that, that's really in inspiring in in a unique in the tiktok way you know in the goofy unknown kind of just go with it mentality so so i think we as as a society see these people and and someone like yourself going viral that that's that is almost a status in itself, right? Like, it, I don't necessarily need to be a Kardashian. I don't need to be Brad Pitt. I can just aim to go viral. And when I do, I can parlay that into a lot of other pursuits. Mm-hmm. Um, now, at least from my perspective, I'm seeing people that some go viral and, and they capitalize on it and they, they take it and they continue it and it continues moving forward and they, they turn it into a career and, and an established platform. And some people fade away rather quickly and that can happen incredibly quickly with social media and, and that viral sensation. For mm-hmm. you as someone that, that has experienced that the, the skyrocket element of it, what what was your first how do, how do you try and say how do i take this energy how do i keep it how did you keep it moving forward to be where you are today and saying i'm getting better at my craft and i'm using this as a as a benefit and not something that's just um kind of a drop in the bucket yeah yeah awesome question uh the you know it's an ever like i'm 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 going to be learning forever it's like everything moves so fucking fast now there's no one way to make it work i will say that you know i watch man i watch i watch people pop sometimes there's this there's this podcast called independent um and it's run by uh two artists uh connor price and nick d and Connor and uh, Nick. Nick is, I think, actually the probably not the originator of the idea, but the the person that made the methodology popular uh, within the the artist community on TikTok uh, is no promo before the song is out, uh, oh. which people are jarred when they hear the hear that the first time, and. I think when you have a really large platform, it's different. I think you can do it either way, pre-saves, pre-save campaign, or you can promote it after it comes out. We don't live in the world anymore where music is, you put it out and you've got a month to make it pop off. And if it doesn't pop off, then it's like, uh, whatever and you go on to the next thing the music forever has value now because things can be discovered in a way that uh they never have before like for example um you know my song that is doing that's probably doing the best across platforms right now is called mister and that song i put that song out originally like on soundcloud totally like not intending to put it on streaming platforms to get it like actually in the TikTok rotation because my main producer and I had conversations about it and we just thought that it wasn't up to snuff with the other stuff. And then, uh, and then I made a TikTok with that song and it popped off and 
the song wasn't on any streaming platforms yet. So I didn't have a way to convert that moment. Uh, I, I didn't, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I, I didn't have a way to redirect people to Spotify or Apple music or, you know, the, I, I very quickly, you know, recognized like, okay, well, let me at least get the streams on SoundCloud. Right. But like, there's nowhere near as many people use SoundCloud right. as they use Apple music as especially Spotify, you know? So, uh, but my point is there is that um, I put that song out in February, 2021, and it wasn't on streaming until July of 2021. And then when that, song popped off again on tiktok and it was on all the streaming platforms all of those streams converted uh or all of those views converted into streams um you know pushing a couple hundred thousand at this point just on spotify alone um because the second time it popped off i had somewhere to direct people uh and people don't want to like pre-save campaigns work for big artists, but people don't, you know, it's way more of a pain of it, pain in the ass than just to go, right. than to just go add a song to a playlist. So now I never promote anything before it comes out because I don't want, also it, it's, it can happen. Armani Blanco with Billie Eilish is a good example of somebody posts a video, it does well, they post it again it does better. They post it again. It does better. Um, but a lot of the times you post it, it pops, it does millions. It'll never do that again, mm. you know? Um, and now you don't have your song on streaming, but you got the pre-save campaign. But if you just already had it out, all of those people that are going to pre-save your song that maybe comes out in a week, two, three, a month later, that fire might burn out for them, they may become uninterested as opposed to them immediately hearing it for the first time, millions of people hearing it for the first time, and then being able to go to Spotify and put it in their playlist that they're not going to update for three years. And right. now it's in their, and now it's in their rotation. Yeah. So I don't even remember what the original question was. No, 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 no. You're, you're, yeah, I can't either. So we're on the same page, uh, <laughs> but that's, but that's exactly what what ends up happening especially you know as as a consumer of it when when i hear something just in the background on a tiktok video and i you know take the action to go search it on spotify real fast all i'm trying to do is add it to a playlist that i just okay you know it, it i'll hear it and i'll keep hearing it and i'll like it that way but if it's pre-save i i don't know it and i'm i'm swiping up and then i'll probably forget about it unless the algorithm sends it back my way again and like there's been good songs and i'm like what the hell was that song like i can't even find it anymore yeah. and, and and so so i i'm I'm a person very happy when I can go and say, okay, I got this, or at least be able to follow the person on Spotify. But if I can get the song, that's, that's definitely beneficial. Um, he, here's where I want to take this then Chandler, because everything we've talked about has been a, about that, the, the technology side of it and, and how to be an artist within that one. That is absolutely instrumental in in getting a base and uh, allowing you access to be able to do this stuff and get to people but when when do you try and convert that into 
actual performances, concerts, things like that? Or is that something that's not really even a, a goal for you? I think I know the answer, but where do you stand on that then? No, it, abs- it absolutely is a goal. Um, the, the way that I look at it is grow the base for live performance, uh, where you're at, um, get filmed live content uh showing that your shows are lit uh and repurpose that for all the different platforms um you know sorry did i cut out no you're good you're good okay uh repurpose that for all the different platforms um and uh and in doing that you'll showcase to people that um you'll showcase to people that your live performances are worth coming to see uh there's just no value and i'm sorry that i kind of lost my train of thought somebody i'm doing this off of my phone because it's way easier and somebody (laughs) just tried to call just tried to call me and it totally threw threw my train of thought off um but so yeah trying to um build up the base wherever you're at so that you can give people this you know, I want to call it an idea, but it's not an idea. I mean, it's proof that that your shows are fun or can be fun and can be exciting um, or are exciting. Uh, but, you know, if I go and I'm a super analytical person, I read analytics like it's ridiculous. You know, like I re- I'm re- doing basically running a full blown diagnostic on my on my shit like every day. Um And I can look and I can see that there is, you know, tens of thousands of people on a monthly basis listening to my music on Spotify in the United States. And I can break that down by state or I break that down by city. And there might be 400 some people, you know, in in this place. And and I can say, like, I could take my chances and I could go. I could go spend money on a, on a tour and put a tour together. I mean, you know, my electronic press kit would probably be impressive enough to get small rooms across the country, but am I going to come out on top? Am I going to come out at, at a loss? Is it going to, is it worth it to do that? Um, You know, from the jump uh, as an artist in, in this form, like a solo artist where it's typically just me and a, me and a DJ, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it is um, or not. But, you know, when I lived in New York, I live in Virginia again. Now I moved here a couple months ago uh, in an effort to make it easier to tour because I felt like it was time. Um, and and also just play shows in general. But, you know, I, I started to do that in New York and used some of that content to kind of get people that were in Virginia hyped up about me coming back down here and doing shows down here. And then I, I come down here and I play shows in Richmond or I go outside of the city and, you know, and so I've got a a little bit going in New York, a little bit down here. And, And I used to play in a band. So I'm very familiar with 
and that's probably where a lot of my trepidation comes from is that I did tour, <laughs> I toured the, 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 the States, uh, especially the East coast and the Midwest, like for years and years with this band. And, um, and, and I just, and I managed a lot of it and I just know how it works and I know where the pitfalls are. Um, so yeah, I guess your original question was when, when is it, you know, when is it time and how do you make that decision? And I think, uh, it just totally depends on the person and like what they want out of everything. I mean, I want to be, you know, more than anything else I want, I, I, and this is like, not even like being, you know, goofy or sarcastic. I truly do more than anything else want to be respected as an MC, like lyrically and the my drive to prove that before i um you know try to go embarking all over you know the fucking earth um and and scrounging for people you know five people to show up at at a at a show in you know fucking columbus ohio <laughs> is you know it right it weighs out a little bit more uh to me now having all the experience uh the all the experience from the band days in my in my back pocket i'm just a lot more trepidatious about doing that now especially without a band especially doing it on my own um and having to fund that on my own like is it worth it i i don't know yet so right right well if i if i can jump in please into I mean, on this point, I think I think the Chandler uh, story, I mean, is very inspiring to me as well as a passion about analytics myself and technology. It's great to see that now you, you already have a platform, right? Whether you are physically there or it, it is online through social media, it's, it's always following you as a fan base. While before, probably there was not that opportunity because... Uh, you know, you can consume music if you go in person and it's very, or if you produce album and, and people listen to it in their house, but now you have more like of a connection and, and people, you know, comment on your videos and you interact with them. So it's just a virtual way to do it, but it is, it is like, I, I mean, again, I'm not an artist, but it gives you the feeling like you have a fan base and you are performing for somebody uh, when you share them on TikTok. What do you think about that? Is is that it gives you like similar feeling or given that you've been touring before or it's it's completely different? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. No, that's definitely that's definitely the point of view to have, I think. Um the point of view of you know like because I <laughs> I do have a fan I do have a fan base and there is a lot of value in it the trouble comes from it's the down you know when i when when i was in that band for all those years when we started like we started the year that i got on twitter and instagram so social media was not it still was not the driving force it was still i mean we were still doing print everything you know paying for ads uh in uh there was there was no like there was no like 
feeling that that organic reach was like at your fingertips. It was, it all felt very like you had to pay for it or you had to, you had to grind so, so hard. There was no like thought in my mind that I could post a photo of our singer. I mean, I put a video up of our singer singing an original song and I would turn my sound off and wake up and hundreds of thousands of people would have seen it in the morning. Um, there was just no, no feeling of, of that at all. So, you know, it, it, it's a it's a blessing and a and a curse to to have a platform that is so online because even though you know it feels it feels very massive it's all just so spread out it's so spread out and it's not just the U.S. you know it's thousands of people in Canada or a thousand people over in Australia and all these and it's like you know and I have I've had a lot of different opportunities come my way from you know like from agents or managers or different people that make promises that they can't keep and you know just a lot of like a lot a lot of of just sitting and thinking and trying to figure out what you want and what you feel like is what you feel like is worth it um so i guess to answer your question like is it a similar feeling? Does it satisfy me? I have a theater background and I toured in a band for all those years. So it definitely does not scratch that itch. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, that want to perform live on a stage in front of a crowd, it definitely does not scratch that itch. But I do find solace in, in the fact that I know that if I try to do that before... I'm ready, whether that be physically, mentally, monetarily. If I, if I try to push too far past the limit and try to set that up on, on my own, you know, it, it could be, it could be detrimental in, in more than one way. And so I'm with all of the, with all that being said, and all these years and years of, of going through that, I'm, I just try to be very careful about, you know, how I move forward on that kind of stuff. And I think also on the other side of this channel for, for our listener is, is the fact that, you know, the social media way that TikTok is, is pretty much cost-free in the sense that, you know, you, you need to buy, uh, I don't know, whatever you need to play your music or sing or, but then you just need to record yourself and put it out there. And then, as you said, like, you never know what is going to go viral, when it's going to go viral and, and so on and so forth. But you have an opportunity rather than, before you had to, as you said, you have many people contacting you, agent, and maybe you have some setback and 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 in the end you give up and you go with other routes. But but this way, like if you have a talent uh and you put the time, uh then you have a uh a media, like a broadcasted media where hey, from the US you have followers in Australia. I'm sure after this you will have followers in Italy. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's to me that's the 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 um, where the power of the technology is is the fact that you can reach people from places where we probably will never have reached before if it wasn't for social media and uh, and the internet yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing i wouldn't trade i mean i wouldn't trade it for for the world i would far prefer have this uh have this you know global reach than you know be able to be able to just 
hop in hop in a in a van and you know go around the bordering states and and know that there would be people there i know that that will come in in time i'm confident that that will will come in time so it's all a it's all um it's a it's a it's a tightrope it's a it's about it's all a it's all a balancing act trying to trying to figure these these things out but i love live shows and i do do them and i never don't have a show on my calendar i do them <laughs> i do them often you know multiple times a year i have one uh on the calendar right now for april and i i just did one in december and and they're always a blast you know we 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 have a we have a crazy party and like i said we take that um we take that that's actually how my song double goose popped off for the first time i had tons of video uh footage from the lyric video from the music video that we had shot tons of just like footage from my iphone of me sitting up against my blank wall like i always do with the lyrics and they did okay here and there but excuse me the um uh the thing that did it was the the live show you know you saw everybody up in the front in the crowd with their hands going up and down and you know you're you know dodging and dunking on politicians and people see that vibe and they want to you know they want to be a part of that and it has helped the shows in the area that i'm in and the area that i just came from up in new york but it also helped that song so um yeah i mean i i, I there's never going to be there's never not going to be a live show <laughs> on the calendar <laughs> and uh, and it's it's very worth it and and it eventually um will turn into into more i would love to go back on on tour i haven't been on a tour since 20 uh 2017 so you know i would i would love that especially post covid and all that so right right well chandler as you're as you're saying that stuff and you're you're kind of talking about the the investment that used to be there to even be doing music and and trying to get that stuff off compared to where we are now with social media is is the accessibility to getting stuff out there lowering the quality is that is that a good thing for for more for more artists or for people that call themselves artists that aren't even ready at that you know like is it mm -hmm. is it diluting uh, the pool of quality MCs, or is that giving giving more people more opportunity so everyone has to step up their game? Where where do you kind of fall on that? Um, the latter for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I I don't think that number number one. At the end of the day, like an MC is as good as their bars whether or not they have a dollar microphone or a thousand dollar microphone um so the ability to um reach you know i mean i've seen people i mean i literally hear some of the some of the best lyricists not just rappers just musicians in in general i can and maybe this is because i make music so it's probably not the case for everybody but i can always hear the potential just like when i watch a movie and the movie is bad but and the writing is bad but the actor is doing a good job you know or vice versa where it's like somebody you know 
like you've got a, a, the great bones of a movie, but and it's poorly cast or, you know, um, I can always see the potential through it. And, and if there is potential there, I think it's worth putting out. And I do think it is uh, a quantity game uh, these days. Um, I mean, I think that if you're truly just making, I think if you're just like making music just to make it and you have no, you know, there's, you have no, there's no passion and no reason to do, you're just doing it to, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. That's it. It's tough. It's like, I, I, I'm not the person, I'm not like the pretentious person that wants to be like, oh, you're not even trying. Cause like, you know, if it's like, if it's, if it's good, it's good. I mean, I like, you know, I like listening to fucking Biggie and I like listening to Yeet, you know, it's like, I, <laughs> I don't, uh, and I pull inspiration from tons of different uh, places. So it's like, I, my philosophy is put it out. I think for at this, where we're at now, I think perfection, you know, absolutely, absolutely gets in the way and, and, you know, make your, make, make the music, um, make the content, make whatever it is you're doing, um, pay for the things that you want, <laughs> you know, it's like you, you put out music that is, you know, solely self-produced and people will see the people that need to see the potential in it will be able to see the potential in it. And that is enough, whether the general it's, whether the general public is, is hip to that or not. Uh, you know, if you put out music and people respond to it with criticism or with praise or anything good, bad, ugly, it doesn't matter the feedback is what pushes the music forward. And if you sit around in your room and you can't figure, you know, and you're not, you're never putting music out. All you're doing is just dumping hours and hours and hours into trying to figure it out. And then you psych yourself out and you don't put out the, the song for whatever reason. It's just like the hot pocket thing. I sat on those lyrics for months. I didn't, I was like, this is stupid. This is dumb. <laughs> and it's like, and then, you know, look what, look what fucking happened. So yeah, put it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. The latter uh, for me. I mean, I definitely think there's uh, there's a conversation surrounding, you know, people like, you know, really not fucking giving a shit and just downright like disrespecting art forms. But at the same, at the same time, I'm like, you know, you, you're not gonna you're not gonna grow if the only person consuming your stuff is you right that's 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 the way i look at it is i would rather a hundred people dunk on me and not like my song and me be able to take that information and make a better one next time than make 10 in my room that are all the same and nobody ever hears them you right. know right so Chandler, as as a as an MC, someone coming up in in 
the hip hop game and and the, the whole culture where I'm, I'm trying to pick my words carefully here where do you fall in this long history or maybe not as long of a history of of white rappers and and the, the identification that comes along with that in, in a time when you're continuing a legacy that now exists but then it's still coming from a culture that that was completely different and and it the, the essence of hip-hop was t- going against those systems in, in those different areas. Where do you fall in that? Because that has to be something. Now, it, I, I wouldn't identify your your music as being very forward on that, but you can definitely tell in those ones you contemplated some of that. You know where you, you fit with that. How how much a part of your, your diversity and your background within this culture do you consider? Or, or are you just being authentically you and it is what it is kind of thing? I do think it's a, a lot of, of being authentically you and not trying to put on and not trying to emulate, you know, um, and, and not trying to emulate anyone else. It's, it's diff, you know, it's, it's different to pull inspiration than to be a copycat. Right. right. Um, so uh, I think having knowledge of that history, longstanding uh, knowledge, being a, a student, of the game quote unquote as typical as that sounds uh i love this music in such a real way and and respect every subgenre within it um and it is i you know i i live it uh i uh, i live and, and breathe it it's all i it's all i consume for the most part it's my favorite thing to do um I, I think it's all about um, staying true to yourself, being uh, original, and being respectful of uh, why you're able to do it, uh, and where, uh, how rap got to uh, where it is now. Um, I think it's I think it's a matter of just respect for the history and not, you know, not trying to be I, I, I hate the I hate hate the the when when white rappers, you know, try to do the whole like you know, you didn't think I could spit because I'm white. You know, this whole <laughs> when you when you take it, you know, and you 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 make it novelty and you take the originality out of it and you do this like you know that that is where um it it gets it really starts to to bother me so i just i it's exactly what you said i just i try to be myself i try to respect um i try to respect the game and i respect the history and 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 learn as I go, keep my ear to the ground, try to understand and try to uplift the other, uh, uh, uplift the other artists that are coming up uh, uh, alongside me and, and, and listen to them as well. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's absolutely something that I think about. And I think that if you don't, um, I think if you don't think about it and you are somebody uh, you know, if you are a white rapper and you, and you don't think about it, I think that there is a problem. 
um, I, I think it's an important thing to think about and to consider. And I think that it's also uh, important to find ways to advocate and give back for uh, uh, to you know the, the the people that made it so that you could do this. Um, so yeah, that's where that's where I stand on. It's all about staying true to yourself and being respectful at the same time. Chandler, I, I love that. Thank you for for sharing that insight. And truly, I, I I I'm just continually blown away with who you are as an artist and a person. So I, I wanna wanna thank you for this time. But before we we jump off here, I, I have two questions. I want to make sure we get your pluggables in so everyone can follow <laughs> your work and all that good stuff. But um who do you who do you pull and who do you go to to listen to? Not when you're trying for inspiration or anything like that. Just who do you go to when when you're you're walking down the street and you just need some good vibes with you that that you continue to come back to maybe it's been with you for a long time. Yeah, the people that I always come back to, I mean, I love, uh, I love, I love two, two things in music more than anything. And this is big. And um, uh, I, I love like, uh, I love when people put on for their city. I love that shit. And I love when like big group camaraderie, like whether that be like a super group or a collective or a um you know like a, a song with a ton of features on it like a you know like the dreamville documentary of them making revenge of the dreamers like projects like that i love right. stuff like that because i'm a collaborative person there is no i in team i never am in the studio by myself unless i have no choice to be at home working on it by myself and I got a deadline. I always have somebody with me because um, I never want to think I have all the answers. So the um, the stuff that falls in line with that, I, uh, I love the artists that I love more than anything that take part in things like that. You know, I love Smino probably probably more than any other artist right now i think that smino as an artist in general um is so unbelievably versatile and the like his range is just so mind-blowing to me and i love every project of his i'm also listening to a lot of it right now because i'm going to uh see smino and jid in maryland <laughs> at the end of this month so i am consuming a lot of that right now but i have been consuming a lot of that for for years but yeah i mean smino uh smino's um uh, project uh ghetto sage um all of like uh i love 99 neighbors that's that big group camaraderie big collective camaraderie that that i'm talking about um and then i love I love listening to local music. Uh, I always, I actually have an alarm set in my phone on Friday for New Music Friday and on Monday for Discover Weekly where I force myself to take at least one song out of my playlist and put one new song in on both Monday uh, and Fridays so that, because I think you got to consume uh, today's art to make today's art. And um, so, yeah, the... Uh, the, the local the local scene and trying to dig for uh dig for the new music in the local scene as well um 
you know, my boy lunch special is working on a new album. I listen to his music constantly, uh, who is based out of Richmond where I'm, where I'm currently based and Anna Leonard, uh, who I, who I used to play with and produce with. I listen to Anna's music all the time. She's got a new record on the way and she's Richmond based. So yeah, probably those three things more than anything. And if you have any suggestions for big group camaraderie, people that put on for their city or you somehow know about people in Richmond that I don't know about, <laughs> uh, let me know. So, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So if, if people want to let you know some suggestions of who you should be listening to Chandler, what's the best way to get a hold of you? How do we, how do we contact you? How do we find your stuff? All of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So Instagram uh, DM is always going to be the way to get a hold of me. Uh, or you can shoot me an email, um, which you can find on my Instagram. But I'm on everything. And really, at the end of the day, like I said, I'm so analytical that I can't get off my fucking phone, sadly. So uh, <laughs> chances are, no matter where you message me, I'm going to see it unless somehow it gets flagged as junk. But I'm on uh my music is on everything. Uh, the only thing I don't promote is on is, I think, Amazon, even though I think it somehow makes it on there somehow. Uh, but uh, it's Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, YouTube is is the, those are the ones that I uh, push the most. But I'm also Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, Be Real, fucking just hit my line y'all fucking google me and you know unfortunately there's too many chandlers my last name is matkins so either type in chandler rapper or chandler matkins <laughs> <laughs> perfect chandler this was so much fun i enjoyed it we we wish you the best and great success moving forward so that you can uh, make your way out to illinois and actually sell out a show here and, and we'll be in the front row okay yeah, absolutely. Also, let me give a real quick shout out to my sister actually lives in uh, Chicago, uh, Illinois. If anybody just happens to, to to hear this, that's like just dying to see some sketch comedy in Chicago. My sister uh, uh, has a sketch comedy group called Gag Reflex out in uh, Chicago, Illinois, and they are fire every Saturday night at the Annoyance through July. So if you're in Chicago hit them up too but yeah i appreciate y'all thank you uh so much for for having me and uh keep in touch because we got a we got a long way to go <laughs> chandler what's your sister's name sorry chelsea matkins okay all right interesting awesome yeah, yeah gag reflex is is definitely known out out this way so like that that's that's awesome i just had a moment there thanks so much for sharing that check out gag <laughs> reflex check out chandler check out all these great people here thank you so much for for again joining us today yep y'all have a good one and thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode of the gateway brought to you by niu's college of business please make sure to subscribe to the gateway you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. And if you are so inclined, please feel free to give us those five-star ratings, which help allow us to continue to bring wonderful guests to the gateway. Thank you all for listening, and remember to love always the promise of tomorrow today.